It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford will never let you down. They always have the best quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service for you at tworiversford.com. Gary Ashton, the Intel edge you need to thrive in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. Go to garyashton.com for the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. Superbook Sports is where you go to wager on football basketball, hockey, whatever you choose, Superbook Sports has the best odd, odds boost and promotions. so download the Superbook app today. And TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out, a better way to work out for you to achieve your fitness goals. Get your first class free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMavFitness.com. So, as we work our way through this 20-16 to 16 loss, there's a lot of different things that went wrong here, right? They just got soundly, they they flatly got outplayed. But the thing that makes it a gut check at all of it was that it was such a dumb way that they lost this game. I mean, mind-numbingly stupid uh, for that penalty to happen in that situation and for them to, all their efforts, all their good defensive efforts be wasted to hold Cincinnati to a field goal despite having lost a touchdown on a challenge that, you know, Mike Brable acknowledged was on him uh, that he did not win, cost them a timeout in the fourth quarter, still found a way to get a stop, get a timeout, have an opportunity with like 153 left on the clock to drive down and try and tie the game. And yet it ends on this brutal penalty uh, by Kevin Strong. And uh, Kevin Strong was the one flagged, but T.R. Tart was also uh, culpable, I would say. So at the end of the game, Evan McPherson, the kicker, he's already made two field goals. And he makes his third with 153 left. So they take the field goal and they're getting ready to set up for another drive to try and go out and tie this thing uh, down 23 to 16 at the time. But there's flags on the field. And all of a sudden, Kevin Strong and should have been T.R. Tart, both were culpable, flagged for unnecessary roughness after toppling over the long snapper. Kick gets nullified. Cincinnati automatically gets a first down, and they cannot stop the clock. Tennessee cannot stop the clock, so Cincinnati, the Bengals, are able to kneel it out and end the game in dramatic fashion. It is a brutal way to lose that football game. Brutal way to lose that football game, and there's a variety of reasons why they lost that football game, but that's the thing that kind of took it over the top. So let's start there with your Two Rivers Four take on Facebook YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you are hanging out with us tonight. What was your first reaction to the personal foul penalty at the end of the game? Give me your answer. You'll hear from Kevin Strong. I talked to him in the locker room, uh, obviously, for uh, obvious reasons. Not, I think it's the first time that I have talked to Kevin Strong. There's not been a ton of reason to, but a difficult situation that uh, to end that game on and a, a brutal, a brutal one, certainly to cost them at the very end. What was your first reaction to the personal foul penalty 
We'll talk about it right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford is your one-stop shop for 2023 model year Fords. They always make it fast, easy, and fun for you to get your next vehicle. Whether you want to shop in person, you go out to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, just six miles east of Nashville International Airport, and you work with one of their non-commissioned salespeople. If you want to do what I did, if you want to go through the whole process online, build your own Ford, custom order your next Ford, you can do that with the Built For You program. Or if you want to call them and talk through the process before you go one way or the other, 1-800-900-1000 is the number, just as simple as the buying process at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, what was your reaction? Typical, says Pastor, Pastor Raymond Little. Uh, SMDH, says Lawrence Clark. He was clearly pissed. I was like Mike Keith and Coach Mack. They just sighed, I guess, on the broadcast. I didn't I didn't hear the, uh, the final call itself, but Alex Blaine Mann speaks to a similar feeling and just says, deflating. Yeah, it's a tough spot. Uh, and, you know, we asked Kevin Strong about this after the game. He said he was shocked that he was flagged for that play. He didn't think he did anything wrong. Yeah, I thought I did my job. I didn't know I did nothing wrong. I got my sideline. They say that I, uh, I guess I hit the snap in the head or whatever. But I just did what I was supposed to do. So I don't know. I'll be better next week. You're, was your plan just to try to get in there and disrupt the interior? I to disrupt the interior. Get as much penetration uh, as I could and be able to hopefully block a kick. Surprised to see the flag? Yeah, I am, but that's I mean, just got to be better. Have you seen it since? Have you seen a replay? So that's Kevin Strong talking about the penalty. He said, you know, without having seen the replay, he's just like, man, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what I did wrong. Uh, and they threw the flag. So, there's a lot of different things there, right? It's not the whole reason they lost the game, but it's ultimately the thing that that ended the game, right? Because it allowed a first down, not enough penalty or not enough timeouts to uh, kneel out the clock or to uh, stop them from kneeling out the clock at this point. Um, what was your reaction to this penalty? Ryan Rougeau says expected. I don't know how that could be expected. That's not, it's an uncharacteristic penalty. I haven't seen a penalty like that called in a long time, especially a walk-off like that, so expected. No, I think that's nonsensical. You don't expect them to lose that game that way. You may expect them to lose a game for different reasons, uh, but not like that. I think that's uh, I think that's short-sighted in the product of recency bias there, Ryan. So for all these different things, um, you don't expect them to do dumb shit to hurt the team, right? That's Mike Vrabel's whole ethos. Don't do dumb shit to hurt the team. And that was a dumb penalty to end the game. The rushing defense was not good today. They only rushed as a team for slightly over 100 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, but they took advantage of the few opportunities that they did choose to run the ball. They shut down Derrick Henry. They did a variety of different things that beat the Titans, but that was the penalty that ended the game. It's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough thing to swallow because you, you really did have an opportunity to go out and beat a quality opponent. They haven't done that really yet this year. Washington is the only team that they have defeated the Titans with a winning record. Now Washington won again today, but they beat the team. They beat the uh, version of Washington that started Carson Wentz at quarterback. And obviously since then, Carson Wentz has been benched after an injury stint and Taylor Heineke has continued to go out there and win games. So who's to say what that might've looked like if they replayed that game. Uh, with the quarterback change. But point being, they have not gotten a quality win, a true quality win on the season. 
and they really had the opportunity to do so. The defense did well to hold Joe Burrow down, and then all of a sudden the dam started to break. Uh, the offense petered out in the red zone, and we're certainly going to talk about that uh, throughout the course of the show. Uh, Orlando Payton says, it is Saw. It is Saw an interview. Oh, maybe he's saying, I saw an interview with Rabel, and it was on his list as number one priority. What was on his list as number one priority? Stopping the run? Maybe so. I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what you're saying there. Uh, I, maybe I missed an earlier conversation. Maybe you're not talking to me. Um, but I think that the uh, I think that the ability to stop the run is always something that they prioritize. They they have been uncharacteristically sloppy. And on offense, they got behind the chains. They had a couple drives killed because they had pre snap penalties. Dylan Raidens, Ryan Tannehill, uh, also with a uh, also with a false start. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems there, but. More than anything, they had three red zone opportunities and they came away with six points. That obviously can't happen. Uh, A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. Don't forget that the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage is your place to get in on the best real estate intel in Middle Tennessee. The, Ga- the Gary Ashton team will get you covered whether you need to get your dream address without the stress or find your next home and sell your current one. For more, GaryAshton.com is the place that you go. Be like the best in the business. Be like your favorite teams. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust. Go to GaryAshton.com for more information and to start your search today. So a a really difficult circumstance for the Titans to overcome and uh, ultimately not able to do it. VandyFan615 says, maybe the dumbest penalty in history. It's you know, looking at the replay, like, I don't know how they were confused as to why they got called for a penalty because they clearly knocked over the center, the snapper, rather. And they know that they can't hit him in the head or neck area. And he clearly, you know, rolled backwards after being impacted with his head down, snapping the ball, coming up, and then rolling back, right? So they're going to throw that flag. Um, it was on Tart and Strong. They were both involved, and they were just out there trying to block a kick. You know, stuff like that is going to happen from time to time. It just happened in a critical spot, a a crucial spot where you had no ability to stop the clock. And now, uh, as the Philadelphia Eagles pull up 19 to 14 on the Green Bay Packers, you have to start to uh, you have to start to ask yourself questions about can this red zone offense find its groove more consistently? Because, you know, to 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 uh, basically piss away an opportunity like they did against the Bengals today. It's exactly the thing that's going to get you beat against playoff caliber teams like Cincinnati, like Kansas City, like Buffalo, and, you know, in the NFC side of things like Philadelphia that's coming up as a road game next week. Can't have the situation uh, go as poorly as it did, and certainly that was the case in all three phases today. They were just flat out. They got their asses kicked by Cincinnati again, um, but in a different way because last time it was the Titans turning the ball over at a rate that was unsustainable. This time. Cincinnati just went out there and out-toughed them, out-physical, played unbelievable run defense and shut Derrick Henry down. Samaje Piran was uh, Piran was carrying Titans defenders down the field for additional yards after contact. They they were they beat the Titans ass tonight, and they or earlier this afternoon, and they did it in a different way than the last time that they did it in January. It's not something you're accustomed to seeing because that's typically what the Titans do to other teams, and that was not the case today. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the most surprising part of this loss for you or to you in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. That's the question. What was the most surprising loss of the Titans uh, or surprising part of the Titans' loss to the Bengals? 
We will discuss that together uh, right after I remind you that the place that you go to get in on the action is Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports will always go above and beyond to get you in on the action. No matter what you would like to bet, they accept wagers on every major sport. No matter your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose, their promo bets and odds boosts are always incredibly fun. They've got a Tennessee tab in the app specifically for you to get those bet best, those best promo bets and odds boosts on your favorite local teams. Superbook.com is where you go for terms and conditions. Download the app today and start to enjoy. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, what was the most surprising part of the loss? Karen O'Keefe says, Henry only had 38 yards. Uh, Pastor Raymond Little says the lack of uh, pass rush. They got one sack in the first quarter, and then they really didn't bother Burrow for much of the rest of the game, and he points out the loss of Danico Autry. Uh, the uh, Yeah, run defense was terrible, says Major Keys. Autry does have a major impact in a variety of different ways. Red zone inefficiency, according to Carl Clemens, that was surprising. That's not like the Titans. And that's the place that I would most likely land. They did just flat get beat, but the red zone offense going, you know, having three trips and only producing six points, a really, really um, uncharacteristic style. This was Coach Mack's analysis of the game after the show, after the, after the, uh, after the end of it, courtesy of Titans Radio. They got they got outplayed by the Bengals, you know, especially in the red zone. You get down there against this type of team, you got to score. And then they 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 were holding them uh, for no explosives. Then all of a sudden, you know, T. Higgins gets a couple of explosives. When you play a team like this, you got you got to have to be able to answer. But if you get in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. And that was that was the game today. Didn't score enough touchdowns in the red zone and allowed them to get explosives in the fourth quarter when that's what you got to when you got to win. Mike Vrabel said it said it correctly. I mean, you know, they got outplayed and that's just the way it works. And that's that's going to be November December football now. You're going to be playing good teams. You got to play your best. Your best players have got to play their best. So that was coach Mack talking about the loss and he's right. They can't they can't have that many red zone trips. And, uh, and blow it that way. Um, you got to be able to keep pace with these teams in the NFL. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, coming up Philadelphia. The, we thought they might have something, right, on offense after the Green Bay game. And they they have just not consistently run the ball well, really, since Houston. Um, they, they had a little more success in Kansas City. Derek had 100 yards, uh, over 100 yards, despite the loss. And they were finding places to break him open. But they as a unit, they as an offense, they've, we thought we had seen some growth and and really in the last couple of weeks, it's, it's really started to tail off. Uh, they got explosive plays in the passing game. They had four plays over 20 yards, uh, 20 or more yards today, 20, 25, 51 and 69. Um, so it's not like the passing offense was bad today. They had, they had, you know, obviously there were some sacks, uh, that, uh, or Ryan Tannehill was sacked once, uh, I believe, in particular, uh, he was uh, he was disrupted at times. There were a couple of missed opportunities, certainly. And then we talked about penalties, uh, specifically on their early drives that sounded that got the thing going back and forth, back and forth as you exchanged punts with the Bengals to start the game. But um, yeah, I, I think MB says it best. I just I don't think they. I don't think they really have a chance of doing anything sustainable if the offensive line is going to continue to underperform like this. But like even the bank, listen, like the Bengals got a good performance out of their offensive line today. They manhandled the Titans up front. They really did. 
Um, they kept Jeff Simmons at bay for a good portion of this game. Jeff made a couple of plays, but not like you're used to seeing. Like I said, the pressure was really not uh, was not impactful um, throughout the course of the day. And we know that they don't blitz because they want to keep a numbers advantage. But you gave Burrow enough time to to kind of pick it apart. Ooh, interception by Aaron Rodgers. Philadelphia out there making plays in the defensive secondary. Um, I I'm inclined to agree with that opinion. I just don't think they go anywhere with this offensive line. They they have some good pieces. But this is not it, and they uh, they continue to uh, they continue to fall short. Whether it's in pass pro one week or run blocking the next, uh, it's just it's not a consistent enough product to be able to achieve. And maybe you know they they have still a couple of weeks to to prove us wrong. What what do we have left? Uh, I'm trying to think. Three road games left: Philadelphia, Jackson, Philadelphia, LA, and Jacksonville. And then I believe three home games left. So six games on the season, if my math is correct. Um, no, seven games on the season, if my math is correct, because no, seven and four. Titans have six games left. I apologize. Six games left for the Titans uh, at this point. So we will uh, we will look at this and we will say, all right, so they still have the opportunity to try and iron some of this stuff out. But, you know, that's been basically the story uh, all year long. Been basically the story all year long. And, it's really difficult to overcome the kind of deficiencies that they so clearly and obviously have. Puka says, uh, should have passed on early downs to Hooper and Chig. Throw more to Chig uh, more than three times a game. Chig and Hooper were uh, were able to get targets. Traylon, like like I said, the, the amount of times they kept running the football to no success, like it's a, it's a lose-lose proposition, right? Because... If they don't run Derrick enough and they lose the game, the criticism is, well, why aren't you using Derrick Henry? If they run Derrick Henry too much and it doesn't work the way that it didn't today, then the criticism is, well, you got to find ways to you got to find ways to pass in spots. The, it, the job is basically to professionally second guess, right? And it's a hard it's it's hard to kind of pick your spots that way because everybody has the answers after the fact. So. While I do acknowledge that, you know, at some point there should have been a, an earlier recognition like, hey, we, we just can't, we cannot run the damn ball. We cannot run the ball today. They are not a Mike Hilton or not, uh, was it Mike Hilton? Number, number 20, uh, number 21. Mike Hilton was on their ass all day, all day consistently uh, as the, uh, as the Cincinnati nickel and made a bunch of plays to really, uh, to put this Titans rushing offense in hell. Um, but you know, ultimately, yes. Would you like earlier recognition? I think so. But I think the criticism, I think they would have gotten slaughtered if they lost this game and they didn't run Derrick Henry enough. So I think that's kind of the way that they look at these, that they kind of try and balance these things out. Uh, let's see. Run out of different formations, says Josh Juris. They, they've been trying that. Uh, it really, it's not like they, I don't think they've been predictable in their formations. It's just, you know, everybody knows that Derrick's going to get the ball and that's, that's easier to stop when the offensive line isn't isn't on their shit, and they haven't been in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dwayne Holiday says it's called balance, Buck. We don't have that. Well, yeah, you don't seem to, because right, the passing offense went crazy. Derek was okay in Green Bay, right? He had like eighty something yards, eighty seven yards, I think. So it wasn't an all time Derrick Henry performance, but he was effective. I thought Green Bay was a balanced game, but that's the best game that they've had all year. Denver, they they 
tried to balance it out, but ended up going more pass heavy as that game wore on and had success with it. So, you know, balance, I think balance in this situation more applies to, okay, they didn't just fail on offense. They gave up chunk plays late on defense. They had the dumb penalty and they had special teams missed opportunities like uh, the rookie kicker, uh, Shudak, making his first one, missing his second field goal and obviously uh, leaving some points on the board when you knew that points were going to be at a premium against a team like this today, who you were holding down early, but the Bengals are so good because they problem solved on offense and they found the answers to the Titans defense uh, that they weren't getting early on. Let's wrap this up with this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this week, the question is this for you, just how dangerous of a job is coaching football? We know how dangerous it is to play football, but can it be dangerous to coach football? There was an interaction on the sideline of one of these games today that it looked uh, particularly unpleasant. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that True Math Fitness is the place that is good for you, that will help you get on your track, get on your fitness journey, get on your fitness goals ahead of the curve. You don't want to wait till New Year's resolution. That's overrated. Now is the time to start putting in the work if you want to truly achieve the goals that you've set for yourself. It's definitely harder to get motivated when the sun goes down at 4 p.m., but TrueMath Fitness always keeps the energy high. They have the great group workout options, about 40 minutes, quick, efficient, effective. They push you but don't overwhelm you with the group work. And if that's not for you, personal training or their open gym is also available depending on your membership selection. Your first workout is free at truemathfitness.com. So, uh, B-Burbs, or B-Birds on Twitch knows where I'm going with this. Is Sean okay? Yes, this is why we asked the question of, is it dangerous to coach football? Because the way that Sean McVay got hit in the head with a helmet by a player who just barely d- didn't even seem to notice that he hit his head coach as he brushed past at a, at a, you know, a casual pace, looked like it hurt like hell. And I'm surprised stuff like this doesn't happen more often. He's trying to get these Rams going. Sean, look out. Oh, my goodness. That really hurts. Rams have the football. We come back. And actually, we'll. Sean McVay to the concussion protocol. That looked like it hurt like hell. Uh, <laughs> it's a really, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, friendly fire on the sideline. It can get dangerous down there. I remember. Delaney Walker rolling into Jonathan Hutton, knocking the holy hell out of him. And, you know, Delaney doesn't feel it. Delaney's used to getting jumped on by 250-pound linebackers, so a normal-sized human just kind of bounces off of him. Um, that's, uh, that's always something you forget, how fast and how violent these things are from the sideline perspective, even as we see it on television. Let me see it again, says Major Keys. Okay, he likes to see Sean McVay get hit in the face. Why don't we watch this again? He's trying to get these Rams going. Sean, look out. Oh, my goodness. That really hurts. Rams have the football. We come back. And actually, we'll. And on a swivel, kids. That's going to do it for us tonight on the primetime show. I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday weekend. Good to be back in the saddle. Uh, continue with a normal primetime week, and obviously, we'll keep you updated as the holidays roll around. Radio show tomorrow. We're going to dissect this game. In a lot, uh, in a lot further detail, obviously from ten to one on one hundred four five, the zone. Uh, we'll go through all of it. Mike Vrabel will speak to the media in the middle of the show, so we'll carry that live. 
and we'll see what answers can be found ahead of a critical or it's not a conference game, but it's a game for a lot of pride on the line at Philadelphia next Sunday. And you know that I'll be there. So we'll, uh, we'll see what that looks like throughout the course of the week. As uh, it looks like the Packers have just gotten a turnover on defense and are trying to run this one back to the house inside the 20, the 15. He's out of bounds at the 13-yard line. Did A.J. Brown fumble? I need to see the replay on this. Walker, number seven, is dying. He's out of breath. He's breathing heavy. And the camera keeps coming back to A.J., Here we go. Inside rush. He drops back. A.J. Brown stripped by number 20. And number seven takes it back inside the 20-yard line, inside the 15-yard line. A.J. had another critical fumble here recently. I can't remember if it was against the Colts or who else uh, he had a bad play against. But not a, well, we will see what that looks like next week when the, uh, when the Titans travel to Philadelphia. Jesse Bailey says, uh, I should be a commentator. Oh, Jesse, what are you? <laughs> Aren't I? Or you mean like a play-by-play guy? No, I. Uh, I don't think I could do Mike Keith's job. Mike Keith does a. Mike, it's a different. It's a different kind of energy to do play-by-play on games, and and I'm very happy to to cover games and then to uh, to be able to analyze them after the fact. That's more my speed. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Flag on the play as Green Bay looks like they ran one in, but it's probably coming back. Have a great rest of your evening. Radio show starts at 10. Talk to you tomorrow at some point, either there or here on A to Z Sports Primetime. There's Matt All right, Crater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs> <laughs>